Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's Bird Steeler fans. What's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride. This is a special Sunday. It's rare that I have a show on Sunday, but it's the preseason. The Steelers played on Saturday. I got to be honest, I'm recording this Sunday morning, and I woke up this morning and just feeling fantastic. I didn't sleep a lot because I got a lot of work to do with SteelCurtainNetwork.com and FansForSports.com, but still, I woke up and I was just like, man, you could not have asked for a better way for that game to go for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last night, Akersher Stadium, 27-15 final score against the Buffalo Bills. Really weird final score, and that was because of a two-point conversion. If you missed the game, or maybe you haven't seen it on replay, but you want to know what everyone's talking about, I'm going to give you a little tip. Go to SteelCurtainNetwork.com, find the game recap. It'll say Steelers versus Bills final score. And when you go there, I want you to just go through, and I have all the highlights that you need to see. Interceptions, uh, touchdowns, dynamic punt returns, all of it is right there. So in case you missed it and you haven't had a chance to watch the replay, or maybe you just want to live through those moments again, that's fine because I'm sure you, all of Steeler Nation, my ride-or-die crews waking up on Sunday, I don't know what day it is, waking up on Sunday, it's a victory Sunday, and you're just thinking, it's a great day to be a Steeler fan. You can hold your head high. And I honestly think about this. As we finished up the post-game show, which is another podcast I recommend you check out with myself and Dave Schofield after the game yesterday, 
Could you imagine being a Buffalo Bills fan? Could you imagine waking up and thinking, holy crap, our team had 13 penalties. We didn't score a point until the fourth quarter. The starting offense did nothing. And the defense looked like a sieve. Special teams also not very good. Meanwhile, the Steelers are on the other side of the docket. So let's talk about winners and losers. That's what we're doing here. This is going to be a shorter podcast. We're going to do the winners in the first segment. Losers, not many. Not many losers in the second half. And then we're going to call it a show. And I'll be back on Monday to talk about all things Steelers. I've got a good topic about the running backs that I want to dive into uh, for the black and gold as they head into this final week of preseason action. Okay, so let's get this thing started, right? Winners and losers. I have eight winners and only two losers. We always start with the winners. We're going to start off with Jalen Warren. His stat line is pretty crazy. One run, 62 yards, a 62-yard average, a touchdown, and obviously a 62-yard long. Here's the thing. Jalen Warren and Najee Harris complement each other very well. You watch the play that Jalen Warren busted for 62 yards. And you have to ask yourself, if that was Najee Harris, what would have been the result? It would have been a big gain, probably 12, 15-yard gain, maybe 20 if he breaks a tackle, but he's not taken at 62. Jalen Warren, he has that breakaway speed. It was really good to see Warren finally bust a run. It's also great to see the offensive line opening up some holes. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But ultimately, I think it's one of those things that he has that home run hitting style that Najee Harris doesn't. It doesn't mean that you have to have one or the other. I don't want to steal go into this too much, considering this is going to be one of my topics for Monday's podcast. But Jalen Warren is definitely a winner. How can he not be a winner? You know, they're right around midfield, and the next thing you know, boom, gone, touchdown. The explosive play was back for the Steelers on Saturday night. Speaking of explosive play, the next winner is Calvin Austin III. His stat line from a receiving standpoint, rather pedestrian. One catch, 12 yards, a 12-yard average, no touchdowns, a 12-yard long, and he was targeted three times. But the play that made a difference was his punt return for 54 yards. So in case you missed the game, let me outline how this worked. Jalen Warren, scampers for 62, touchdown Steelers. The place is going crazy. They had like 64,000 fans there last night, at least I don't know if that was turnstile numbers or sold tickets, but still, there was a lot of people there. That's the only preseason game in Pittsburgh. So the place is going nuts. Here comes the Buffalo defense for the first time because that was the opening drive. The Buffalo defense can convert on third and two. They punt the ball away, and that's when Calvin Austin takes it 54 yards, almost back to the house, and sets up the offense just inside the 30-yard line. It's crazy how when you watch these return guys, I saw I talked about this briefly on the post-game show. When you watch someone, Calvin Austin III did it last night. I remember seeing Antonio Brown do it repeatedly. San Antonio Holmes did it well back when he was returning kicks for the Steelers. They get the football, and it's almost as if they just they, they take it. There's a hesitation. They don't want to just take it and go north and south unless there's an obvious gap. There's a lane to run through. He doesn't have it, so he hesitates, and then boom, he hits the burners. That's when you see that sub four four speed, and he's off to the races. And I thought he was gonna, I thought he was gonna take it back, but he didn't, and that was fine. It was a that's an explosive play, and it's what you're seeing from Calvin Austin is he might not be your every every down receiver, but when he's on the field, 
there is a chance for an explosive play, whether it's a punt return, whether it's a reception. And I'll tell you this, a lot of people wonder, like, is Calvin Austin going to be able to return punts? He just answered that question for you. So Calvin Austin is definitely a winner. So again, we're, we're sticking with this sequence, right? Like you can see a trend here with the winners and the sequence that happened in the actual football game. So this Calvin Austin the third gets stopped. Like I said, it was around, I think it was just outside like the 25-yard line. They weren't in the red zone. Here comes Kenny Pickett in the offense for their second drive. The first drive resulted in a touchdown. The next play, the next play was a beautiful strike to Pat Fryermuth for the touchdown. But let's go over Kenny Pickett's stat line. Three of four for 43 yards, a 10.8-yard average. He threw one touchdown, no interceptions, was not sacked for a 149.0 rating. So I get it, not a large sample size, because after that touchdown pass to Pat Fryermuth, guess what Tomlin said? All right, guys, it did. Go get the uh, go get your Gilligan hats and uh, go enjoy the rest of the game. So they were taking their pads off and just standing there in their uh, jerseys. But still, what else could you want? I mean, if there's someone out there, and I did a show last week on Let's Ride and talked about Kenny Pickett and oh my gosh, what's it going to take for some people to to not question the guy? If you're one of those people, you could be the most skeptical Kenny Pickett people in the world. I don't know how you would be. Anyway, and and anyway, nitpicking this performance by Kenny Pickett. I have no idea. I have no idea. Small sample size, yes, but Kenny Pickett in two preseason games has orchestrated three drives for three touchdowns. He has the look, feel, and the results of an a quote unquote above the line quarterback. So I talked about who. Kenny Pickett threw the touchdown too, and that's Pat Fryermuth. He finds his way on the winner's list. One catch, 25 yards, a 25-yard average, a touchdown. You know it, one target, 25-yard long. It was it was George Pickens last week uh, against Tampa Bay. It's Pat Fryermuth this week. And the, the one great thing about this is that when you watch the plays, I haven't seen a ton of replays, but I saw it online. It was the end zone view of this play. So you're basically seeing not from game, not from field level, but you're above what Kenny Pickett is looking at. And he saw the cover two shell that they were running, the Bills, and he knew that he was going to be able to split them, but he couldn't lead. If he led Pat Fryermuth, the play was not going to work. He had to throw it to his back shoulder, and Pat Fryermuth made a fantastic adjustment, catches it, rumbles into the end zone, and his celebration was hysterical doing like he's dabbing. I, I didn't think that was a thing anymore, but I guess it, for him it was Maybe it was sarcastic. I don't know. It was funny. Pat Fryermuth, great catch, great adjustment, and he finds his way on the winner's list. Let's go to Joey Porter Jr. for the next winner. I mean, Mike Tomlin said after the game uh, that Joey Porter Jr. was kind of limited, not from a physical standpoint. They just were trying to protect him. I think I saw a report that he was hampered by a hamstring, and so those hamstring injuries, you want to ease him back in. So he didn't play a ton. He only had one tackle. He had a pass defense, and we know of that interception. And a lot of people were kind of poo-pooing the interception, saying, like, oh, my gosh, how easy is that? Well, if you watch the play again, he disrupted the route, and so it was a timing route. Well, the receiver wasn't anywhere near that spot where he's supposed to be, but guess who was? Joey Porter Jr. So the small amount of snaps, you know, I, I think Porter made the most of it, had a good tackle. Uh, got his first interception, and Mike Tomlin said they're definitely going to play him a lot in week three, barring a setback with his injury. I'm excited to see 
more from Joey Porter Jr. But come on, like the, the scene that you saw on television where J- JPJ's giving the football to his dad, my first thought was, what's Joey Porter Sr. doing sitting amongst the the public? Like, how cool would that be if you're at the you're at the game? Next, you know, you look to your left. There's a giant of a man. You're like, oh my gosh, that's Joey Porter. That'd be pretty, that would be pretty cool, actually. All right, so Joey Porter Jr. He's a winner. Next winner is Nick Herbig, of course. Nick Herbig. Listen to this stat line: three tackles, three solo. He had a sack, a tackle for a loss, forced fumble, which also I think they might have ruled as a pass. De- no, his pass defense was on a previous quarterback hit, which he had one quarterback hit. The Herbig hype train for Nick. That rolls on for another week. After a one-and-a-half sack performance last week on Friday night, he had a strip sack performance against Buffalo. The dude plays like his hair is on fire. And I'll be honest, there are times where if you take the 51 off his jersey and put a 90 there, people wouldn't know the difference between him and T.J. Watt. I'm not saying he's at T.J. Watt's level. I'm not saying he's going to be Defensive Player of the Year. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying with the pass rush moves, the way that he approaches uh, the the quarterback, the way that he gets off the line of scrimmage, it's really phenomenal. So Nick Herbig, and I I was honest about this on the post-game show, I was, I'm not going to say I was wrong because I never said the guy wasn't going to be good. I just said I didn't think he was going to be much of an impact player in year one. He is starting to change people's minds based on the fact that, and you know the Steelers are thinking this, I'll tell you why. The Steelers are thinking this based on the fact that they are putting Nick Herbig out there against starters. Last night, against the Bills, he played against their first-team offense. So they want to see what he can do. Hey, rookie, that's great. You beat up on a third-string tackle. It's going to be unemployed in a couple weeks. Not not, not this game. And he actually still got to the quarterback, so good for him. All right, two more, two more winners here. The next one is takeaways. The Steelers' defense got their hands on the football plenty. And there were three interceptions, one fumble recovery. And if this trend continues, I, this could be a very special group in 2023. Uh, the preseason, going up against backups, limited sample sizes. I get it. Skepticism is natural. I would say it's real for a lot of people. But you cannot deny the fact that the Steelers are putting themselves in position to take the football away. Very opportunistic. I love that. I love that about a defense. And the last winner, special teams. An all-around great game. The stat line was all-around great game, kicking, coverage, and returns. Presley Harvin, I don't know if there was much of a competition, but I think he probably won it last night. He had a great game kicking, and people might look at his average and say, well, I don't know. He was having great hang time. The punts weren't able to be returned. The Bills starting, I think their starting drive was like in the 19, inside the 19-yard line. Every single drive. Insane. So... That's on Presley Harvin. Great on coverage units. Miles Boykin had the great save to keep the ball at the end zone, pinned them within the, I think, at the five yard line. You have great tackles being made. You talk about Chris Boswell's perfect. The return game, everyone wants to get mad at Anthony McFarlane for bringing out the opening uh, kickoff. Don't be. The dude's just trying to make a play. He's just trying to make a play. Don't be mad at him. Uh, but also, uh, you know, Calvin Austin, we talked about that. It was a great game for special teams. A couple penalties, but other than that, I thought special teams were phenomenal. All right, so there are your winners, eight winners. We got some losers to talk about. We'll do that briefly right after this break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. 
From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. fans it is time for the losers that's right there's two losers two losers the two losers uh we got to talk about and i don't want to spend a ton of time on these because well one of them it seems repetitive the other one i'm not so sure it's a concern we'll talk about it. the first one is the rush offense so you look at the overall numbers you see 33 carries 121 yards, a 3.7-yard average, and you're like, oh, that's not bad. If I'm just reading this in a paper or checking out the box score online, I'm going to think that's a pretty decent night at the office for the offensive line in the running game. Then you realize that Jalen Warren had a 62-yard run, and that changes everything. You take that run away, and that's a very dismal performance running the football. I I look at this, and I watch the starters – they were out there for the Jalen Warren touchdown. I'm not going to take anything away from that play. That play was perfectly executed. But other than that, they just they didn't really get a lot of push. You know, Najee Harris had a couple runs, went for minimal yards. He's your he's your thumper, anyways. I get that. I guess I was just really hoping to see the Steelers' offensive line imposing their will on the opposition. I wanted to see it up and down the board. Whether you're a starter, backup, I don't care. I wanted to see it up and down the board. I just didn't see it. I did not see it. I thought they struggled. And it doesn't mean this is the way it's going to be forever. But I thought they struggled, and I thought that was a problem. So I put that on the on the losers list. Again, the 121 yards is kind of deceiving based on that one huge run. You can't take that run away because they actually executed that play. But from an overall standpoint... I thought the running offense, the rush offense, was a little subpar. Speaking of subpar, how could we not say that word or that term without talking about Kendrick Green? Yes, Kendrick Green, for the second week in a row, finds himself on the losers list. He had, in his time, he he was called for holding, bad snap again, missed assignments. I feel like at this point I'm kind of pouring on the young man. I feel like he. I'm just piling on. But his performances are just notable for all the wrong reasons. After the game, Mike Tomlin was asked about Kendrick Green and the struggles that he's had. And he said one of his famous quotes, Mike Tomlin quotes, is you have to make routine plays routinely. And he talked about the center quarterback exchange. And I, I, Dave Schofield on the postgame show thought that Kendrick Green was trying to get the bills. They jumped off side, so... He saw him in the neutral zone, so he snapped it early. Mason Rudolph wasn't even looking. And so that's a problem. Like, that's a gamble. That's a risk. And it equated in a touchdown for the other team. I he's Green is struggling to make routine plays. And honestly, at this stage, it seems like a stretch to have Green in any 53-man roster prediction. Like it, it just seems like that. I took him off mine after week one. He's not going to be back on the 53 in week two after that performance. 
And no, no, Steeler fans, he's not a fullback. Please stop saying that. He is not a fullback. We're not talking about Kendrick Green making a, having a roster spot based on the fact that maybe once in a blue moon he gets thrown out there at the goal line to go block someone. That's stupid. The Steelers have an issue here, though. I mean, this is a, this is a Kendrick Green issue, but this is also an issue with the depth behind Mason Cole. And outside of, like, Kenny Pickett, they better put Mason Cole in bubble wrap. If that dude goes down and they don't make a move, let's say when rosters are trimmed down to 53 across the league, and they don't bring in a center, I don't care if it's J.C. now or if he gets cut from New York, they're going to be in trouble. They're going to be in real, real trouble. I talked about that last Monday, how there are still some issues and concerns with the depth on the roster. So, okay, folks, there you go. Eight winners, two losers. This very special Winners and Losers podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. I know I did. I will be back tomorrow, Monday, for another episode of Let's Ride, talking about that running back situation, all my other thoughts about the game. Make sure you check it out. In the meantime, make sure you're checking out SteelCurtainNetwork.com and FansFirstSports.com. Go check those out. We appreciate you, all the listeners out there. I know you're checking out our post-game show, the Mike Tomlin uh, press conference recap. Y'all are the best. My ride or die crew is the best. Have a great, have a great rest of your weekend. I'll see y'all tomorrow. In the meantime, you know, I finished it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers.